Hello and welcome to Crosstalk, following Jesus together. I'm your host, Dave Sherrill, and I have my co-host here, Pastor Kevin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1. For this episode, we are going to discuss preparing for Sunday worship. We wanted this to be a practical podcast, not a legalistic podcast. It's not us setting up new rules for everyone to run by, but just some practical wisdom suggestions that we would offer to help you prepare for Sunday worship. Preparing for Sunday worship, but that just happens on Sunday, right? You just go to church. If only. (laughs) Why would we explore the question of how should we prepare for Sunday worship? Yeah, I think one of the defining uh, struggles of our age is that we think little of the weekly gathering of the church. And by think little, I mean that in two different ways. One, I mean, yeah, we we don't think a lot about it until we get to maybe late Saturday night or or perhaps when the alarm goes off Sunday morning and it's, oh, oh, we got to get to church. So we just don't think about it. But then also, I mean, think little in the sense of um, weight and intention and why are we doing this other than it's it's what you're supposed to do. Um, And I think that's also why in these post-COVID days, um, there's so much confusion and, and can we just do church online? Can I just stay at home? And why should I gather anyway? And hey, now it's winter. You know, right now there is a snowstorm outside. And you know what, pastor, everyone's sick at this time of year. And you know, why, why can't I just do it online? And that's a whole other podcast. But I think part of the reason we have those questions is that we don't understand how important and vital and foundational and disciple-making and, frankly, encouraging the gathered church is. So that's not to—I should make a little caveat. I'm not by any means, just as you— as you mentioned, Dave, I'm not saying, oh, how dare anyone stay home ever. No, not at all. By all means, you know, if you're sick, you're not feeling well. Hey, that, I know some of you listening probably have jobs where you try to get Sundays off and it doesn't always work. I, there are realities to life. So I'm not speaking to anyone in any of those situations. I'm speaking of just broadly, generally, Christians. We need to value Sunday in a way that's not just tradition, but in a way instead that is oriented around Christ and his people and his kingdom. You know, but Dave, as I, even as I give those points, um, you know, as with all things here on Crosstalk, one of our goals is that we want this to not just be you and I given our opinions, um, as, as fun or terrible as that may be, but instead to base our conversations out of the scriptures. And, you know, we were talking here before the podcast um, about the scriptures and how they speak to the gathered body of Christ. So Dave, if let's say that I am um, a Christian who, who maybe doesn't understand why it's so important to gather together with others. Maybe I'm a Christian who just says, hey, 
do I really need to go to church? Can't I just do what I want? Isn't it just me and Jesus? How would you respond? My first thought is to remind us of the name of this podcast. It is Crosstalk, Following Jesus Together. And there is a true value in joining together in worship, in joining together in uh, hearing a sermon, joining together in encouraging one another. And even more importantly, there are biblical commands and exhortations and encouragements for us to gather together for many reasons. Uh, I can think of one fairly quickly uh, in the book of Hebrews, where there were temptations for the, uh, the Hebrew believers to not join together, to abandon meeting together. And the author of the book of Hebrews, towards the end of the book, is providing these practical exhortations, practical encouragements, practical encouragements for his readers. Uh, and an example of that is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 is where I'll start. That's going to flow towards verse 25, but I think we could even go a little earlier. Than, I'll just start in 23. Okay, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And... Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. So in their time, there was a temptation to, to draw back from gathering together. And the author of Hebrews, ultimately, God is the author of Hebrews, offers these encouragements for the practical health and life of faith of the believers that they would join together, not simply to be together, but to gain benefit from being together in their regular worship time. Would you have anything you'd want to expand on connected with that? You know, Dave, that's a great passage to go to. Um, it's the one that you know, as we were talking beforehand, we both realized we were, as we were thinking for this podcast, that that's where we both first landed. Um, and I think that picture in Hebrews is astounding, right? It's because, even back to, to verse 19, it's because we have confidence to, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. It's because of Christ's work. He is our high priest. He has brought us near because Jesus has done all of this, then that passage that, that Dave read, you know, verse 23 flows out of it. So let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Let us consider how to stir one another up. And doesn't say let us again, but you might say, let us not neglect to meet together, but instead to encourage one another. And that points to a, a picture of Christians gathering together that I think is a lot broader and deeper than perhaps than what we are used to here in American culture, 
Uh, we are so individualistic that that we maybe maybe some of you listening, and if so, I don't I don't mean this in any unkind way. I mean this would be natural in our in the waters we're swimming in. That maybe you think church is about you. Right? Maybe maybe your idea, and this is even how some churches market themselves. Maybe your idea is that a church is like a a uh, a service provider. And so you go if you happen to like what they offer. So if what they're offering is the right programs and a cool worship service and all that, you go. And if you really don't want it, then that's okay. You stay at home, right? That's the idea of our culture. And yet I think from here in Hebrews, we're seeing that's not at all why we go to church. That is, that is not the point whatsoever. Um, instead, there is a certain value in God's people gathering together worshiping our Savior, encouraging one another. And that happens differently when we're together than either than, than individual, hey, just you and your Bible at home, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong. We've, we've mentioned devotions in a previous podcast, but that's different. And it's also different than, oh, uh, you know, I... It's just inconvenient to go to church, so I'll just kind of catch a a video or a podcast or Facebook Live some other day. I'm not saying there's no value in that, but I want you to see that that is very different than what is commended and what is the norm in the scriptures. And Dave, you pointed that out brilliantly. Um, I, I certainly appreciate that picture. Here would be my question, though. You know, even as we even as we say that, and I'm resisting going off on a tangent on on encouragement. Um, those of you that that attend at First E Free know that in First Thessalonians that's come up repeatedly, um, and it actually comes up all over the New Testament. And I'm going to argue, by the way, that encouragement um, you can do it from afar. That's you know emails and everything else, texts. But I do think even that's more valuable in person. Um, so that's another personal thing there, but you know, Dave. Okay, we we we've established, you know, that there is this priority. Um, I think you could go through the Book of Acts. You're going to see the regular pattern of Christians as they gathered together on the first day of the week. Um, so if you want kind of historical data, that is there in the scriptures. Um, I would also point out a um, hundred years ago, meeting online or not would not have even been possible. So in some sense, that aspect of it is something that we can only argue about that because of the time we live in. Um, though certainly there were people back then who, who didn't want to go to church. So in that sense, even as, as Dave, you mentioned earlier here in Hebrews, even in, in the time of the author, um, this was an issue. Um, so you know, I, I say all that to say the challenges are real, and the challenges also are not new. Um, they may be different. They take some different forms here. Um, our, our lives, our, our work lives, our home lives, all that's a different pattern, but it's the same kind of challenge. And so knowing what the scriptures call us to, knowing some of what they're launching us toward, my question would be, okay, you know, Dave, how do we do this well? I mean, it, we don't want to come away just saying, oh, you need to go to church and you need to do it well, so figure it out. I mean, that's, 
you know, that's, that's legalistic. That's not what we're about. So what's some practical ways where we can take these, just commands, but these, these calls to blessing that the scripture gives us and, and prepare ourselves to do this well? How, how, would, you, how would you disciple a, a, a new believer to prepare for Sunday morning? I would look far earlier than Sunday morning. And as we, as we consider preparing for Sunday worship, we can take steps to prepare our hearts and minds during the week. We can consider how we might prepare ourselves the night before. And there's, in this modern age, there are practical reasons why I bring specifically up the night before. We could also prepare on Sunday morning for Sunday worship. And then, I don't know that we'll have the luxury of getting into it, but there's even the, the question of participation in the worship service on Sunday morning. As I've tried to be consistent in my role as an overseer and a teacher in the church, I try to emphasize that Christ is for the breadth and the depth of your life. He is not a Sunday morning appliance, a, a, a brooch, a, a fancy hat, your favorite suit that you just wear on Sunday. His impact hits our lives in every moment of every day, whether we're aware of it or not. And the idea of preparing for Sunday worship is simply to acknowledge, not to set up a new set of laws. I'm probably mentioning that too much, but the discussion is not around how do we create a new set of laws driving our behaviors, but rather practical suggestions, practical insights and wisdom shared as we have learned them over time to help all of us walk together with Christ and walk together as the assembled church, especially on Sunday morning. That is our, our primary worship opportunity as a church. Yes, we have Bible studies. Yes, we have small groups. Yes, we have uh, luncheons and boutiques and all kinds of things that we do. But the primary engagement, the consistent, repeated engagement that we have on a weekly basis together in the worship service uh, is the, the most consistent opportunity that we have uh, to worship the Lord together and to encourage one another together. So the, my encouragements would, would extend throughout the week as I discipled someone, and maybe, maybe they've never even considered that preparing for Sunday worship is something they should do. Maybe this is a new idea for you, and if it is, praise God. This could deeply impact your walk. But it would, my, my, my discipling of fellow Christians would involve preparations throughout the week. So Dave, um, what would be, you know, as you, as you give us the big picture 
now get super practical. Give me, give me one or two things. You know, I'm, I'm a guy you're discipling. It's Monday. We're having coffee before work. Um, Monday through Friday. So just that chunk. And then let's also talk Saturday night, Sunday before church, uh, during church, and after church. So the, kind of those five chunks. Uh, just brief. Hit me up here. What's one or two things you'd say, brother? You got to be doing this during the week. This would be good for you to prepare for Sunday worship. Worship yeah. throughout the week. What does that look like? Uh, it could be time spent in prayer. Uh, it could be time spent in service. It can be time spent in the scriptures. Uh, it could be time spent repairing your car or helping the widow or many different ways. Uh, but it can be extremely practical and every minute of the day kind of activities. So what you're telling me is this picture of worship isn't something that starts at, in our case, 10:15 a.m. or 9 a.m. if you're a if you're a Sunday school goer and and end around 11:30 on Sunday, but instead you're wanting to expand this throughout the entire week. Why? Why is that so important for Sunday? I would approach Sunday as the pinnacle of a week of worship. It is the crescendo. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a, a, a little backwards. Other people might want to see Sunday as the beginning of a week, a beginning of a week of worship, fed through Sunday worship to get you through the next week. But from my perspective, I want to uh, build in anticipation of what the Lord is going to do with the assembled people of God on Sunday. So I want to pray with those means, uh, pray with that, that, that target in mind, that the Lord would bless the gathering together, the worship of the assembled church. In a sense, I do not want Sunday to stand out as being something completely different from what I'm doing during the week. I realize I don't hear organ music that I can sing along to during the week when I'm walking down the sidewalk or when I'm driving to fill my car up with gas. But the, the mindset of worship can be present throughout the week so that Sunday just, it fits. It fits as a capstone for the way you have experienced your, your, your work opportunities, your, your recreational time, your family time, uh, the hurdles that you've run into, uh, the victories that you've celebrated, all those can be performed in an attitude of worship throughout the week so that as you reach Sunday, here is the chance for you to join together your voice and your presence with the assembled church so that we might worship and glorify our wonderful, glorious, and merciful Savior together. So that it doesn't seem like it's uh, switching gears. I, I don't. I would not want to have Sunday morning be just like I, I've been in world mode all week long. Now Sunday I hit the. I'm going to hit tenth gear and try and worship. And if I haven't done that all week long, it's it will be a struggle, because it will be so disjointed with the way the rest of life works. But that still is a, a practical consideration. Throughout the week, we, many, most of us have jobs, or we have responsibilities, or we have 
activities that we engage in throughout the week that don't look like a Sunday morning worship service. Uh, so it's when I talk about worship being all of life, it is uh, an attitude, a mindset, a heart attitude that sees the glory of God in all kinds of circumstances and tries to offer thanksgiving and rejoicing before him, even in good and bad times. Yeah, I, I like that picture, Dave, of uh, especially where you said something, you know, not it's not like mashing into to fifth gear when you're in first the whole week. No wonder. And I suspect some of you listening, um, if if this is new to you, then that probably is a jarring thing. You know, Sunday probably seems like it's something from another planet, another culture to you. Whereas if if Sunday is actually an extension of what you're doing throughout the week in all kinds of ways, I mean, I know we could do a whole podcast on that of how your how your work can be worship, even if you're not paid by a church and everything else. And we we should do. We'll, we'll get that on schedule somewhere. But um, if that has been the norm throughout the week. You're, you're opening the word regularly. You're, you're praying. You know, if you're married, you're praying with your spouse. You're praying with your kids if you have them or grandkids. Um, you know, you're even talking perhaps about what you learned the previous Sunday or anticipating what's coming. That makes the, it's almost like it provides an on-ramp for Sunday morning worship. It, it, it teaches us anticipation. All right, so now let's zoom forward a little bit. Hey, it is Saturday night, right? I just ate dinner. Um, you know, the the wife and kids are kind of looking at me and we're all, you know, we have that deer in the headlights like, oh no, tomorrow is Sunday. We're going to church and we are not ready at all. But, you know, my 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 good discipler Dave told me about worshiping during the week. We've 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 tried to get some of that started. Now it's Sunday night. What's one or two very practical ways that we could organize, excuse me, Saturday night, that we could organize our Saturday night um, to, to help us for Sunday morning? Do you have any thoughts on that? I'll give one. I'll give one suggestion. I don't know each of your life schedules. I don't know how your weekends go. But I would urge you, to get sufficient sleep, if at all possible, on Saturday night so that you don't come dragging your frail carcass to <laughs> church on Sunday on no sleep. And I do, not, I do not mean that as a criticism to people who work all night and then come to church. By all means, if you have the opportunity and you can do it, please do it. But for many of us, Saturday night is seen as a free time and I can do what I want to do and I can stay up as late as I want to. And my counsel, uh, my advice would be to ensure that you get a good night's rest so that you are ready to come together and engage with the other Christians that you're going to assemble together with to worship the Lord together. You're going to be able to read the scriptures, listen attentively, pay attention, engage in singing. Um, there's just a lot of momentum that can be gained uh, from sufficient sleep, if it's possible. Yeah, and I want to underscore that. 
you know, so if, if talking about the Monday through Friday is, let's call that scattered worship, that is to say the people of God are scattered, you know, throughout our jobs and homes, but we can still worship and we need to. All right, now it's, now it's Saturday night. And to prepare for gathered worship, that is to say the Sunday morning worship service, we got to be ready. And part of that ready, I do believe, is, again, if possible, sufficient sleep. And hey, you know what? If I want to underscore what Dave said, um, you know, if you, if you work Saturday night or, you know what, maybe you work the overnight, Saturday night to Sunday morning, and you come in on Sunday morning, and, and I, <laughs> I just want to say, whoever you are, brother, sister, God bless you, right? Even if you're in the back and, and you know what, if you fall asleep, you know, um, I know that's not your intention, but praise God um, for, for that effort, for, for that valuing of gathered worship. So I want, I want you to hear that loud and clear. But um, for everyone who doesn't have that kind of schedule, uh, go to bed early. I mean, I, oh, it's Saturday night. Pastor, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding at all. I mean, this is what we do for anything else that's important in life. We say, you know, get some good sleep, get some good rest. Um, remember, you are coming not for yourself. Actually, maybe I, sh- I, I should say that again, because I think that's far more radical than, than we've been taught about church. You are not coming to church for you, right? That's, that's not why you're there. No, instead it's, it's a very different picture because church is not about you, but it is, I think we could say, for you. Or, or perhaps even better, we would say church is not about you, but it is for us, Christ's people, together. And so you want to be able to engage with that as best as possible. So yeah, get, get some good rest. For those of you that are parents, this is crucial. Get your kids to bed. Um, you know, however that needs to work in your own home, figure out a schedule. You might have to try some different things, and that's fine. Um, but, but make a routine that works. I know some families where literally they will set their clothes out Saturday night. I mean, I know people who will do that even for their for their work week jobs, you know, have that sort of intentionality if, if that's what you need. Um, yeah, that is a crucial one. I would also just throw in one, and you'll hear me say this again, but pray, right? Before you go to bed Saturday night, whether it's you, you and a spouse, you and the kids, spend five minutes praying. Pray for your hearts. Pray for those who will come. Pray for, for whoever's preaching, whoever's teaching. Um, pray that you would have the right mentality and heart and attitude. I believe that's a prayer God will answer. All right, Dave, we've gone to bed. We've taken your advice. Went well, we woke up, but you know what? Sunday morning, it is hard. I mean, Dave, I've got, I've got a preteen. Getting up on time is not easy. Um, Wow, you know, we, we overslept the alarm. What do we do? What, what are some simple things we can do before we get in the car so that we're not arriving at church like frustrated and at each other's throats? And again, give us, give us some hope here. One of the most amazing things I've observed in my life 
when I had young kids, and we have a lot of families that have young kids, Sunday morning is like a free-for-all with kids. It could be extremely challenging. My, my briefest practical advice would be to anticipate that Sunday morning would be a challenge with your children and that you will pick your battles and not battle on every, uh, every angle, every dispute, every, oh, but my socks have bumps in them uh, and I don't have my favorite whatever with me. Uh, look for opportunities where love can smooth out that those bumps. It can be very, very challenging with kids, young children on Sunday morning. It seems like they just, they know. They know something is different about this day, and we're going to make it hard on mom and dad. So mom and dad have some choices to make on how they respond and react to the pushback of the kids. Uh, That doesn't really answer the question of exactly how, but it would at least give you the forewarning. And if you experience this and you think, we must be the only family that ever goes through this on a Sunday morning, you're not. You're not. Every family that, that wants to go to church on Sunday morning experiences challenges with their kids before you make it to church. Yeah, and I would dovetail with that. Um, How you prepare Saturday night will radically affect your Sunday morning. I mean, as much as I gave that kind of joke of an example there, um, and and there are exceptions. So one, one ray of hope would be if you normally have a pretty good routine and just it didn't work for this weekend, things are hard. Don't, don't act like the whole world is crashing down. Some weekends are just like that. That's fine. Do the best you can. Trust in the Lord to, to still be at work. Um, Sunday morning, I'd say a, a few things. Uh, one would be, yes, get up at a consistent time. That's, I know everyone's built differently, um, but at least in my family, we don't treat Sunday morning as a morning to sleep in. Uh, part of that is, yes, I do arrive at the church early and get stuff going and whatever. But um, even when I didn't do that, even before I was a pastor, I still got up at the regular time that I get up every other day. Um, that helps if it's not like you've just gotten up and, oh, got to get in the car and everyone's frazzled. And no, no, no. Leave yourself plenty of time to get up, eat breakfast, you know, that sort of thing. Number two, I would say, uh, is. Um, bring your Bible. I know that that seems like a side note. Maybe it is. Um, but if so, it's a good side note. Bring your Bible. I could say a whole lot about using it at church and you should and everything else. But I do believe that if you make that intentional point of bringing your Bible, it will start to change your mentality even as you're getting ready on Sunday. Um, you know, in a previous generation, that would have been assumed, and instead it would be the, the dressing up was part of how you get your mind into that mindset. Uh, we live in a different culture now. Things are more relaxed. That's okay. But I think we can replace that same kind of intentionality with something very good, which is to bring your 
Bible. Um, some of you are going to say, well, pastor, I do my Bible on my phone. I'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> By all means, I'm not criticizing that, but I am saying I think there's this would be one other reason why having a physical Bible could be very, very helpful. And then the third thing I would say, I just came across a blog post a couple weeks ago, and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes here, uh, that was from, I believe it's Megan Hill on Gospel Coalition, talking about getting kids ready for church. And I think there's an undercurrent of all this of it's not just getting kids ready, it's parents, when you do this, this is how you get ready. And she broke it down into basically, if you, have, if you only have five minutes, what should you do? You guys woke up late or whatever. Pray. Well, you can pray. Pray that the Lord would help you to not be all harried and frenzied and to have good attitudes and be willing to serve others. Yeah, you can pray. Everyone has five minutes. Um, I, I guarantee you, you can do it. I'll be, from a pastor's point, I'll say this. If you are five minutes later into the service, and afterwards when you come up to me, because everyone does, oh, pastor, I'm so sorry I'm late, and your answer is, we were praying for the service, you are going to get a gold star for the day. (laughs) That is the right answer. That is a good thing. Um, What if you have a little more time? Say, uh, I can't remember if she says like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, okay, pray, and then, you know, maybe you, uh, maybe you sing. I know that sounds weird. Um, we don't really have a singing culture. Maybe if we were one of those European cultures, we'd do this. But we spend a lot of time on Sunday mornings singing God's praises. Surely there is something that is you or your kid's favorite, right? No one's listening. The recording studio's not on. It doesn't have to be perfectly in tune. Sing a hymn, sing a song, just one even. Sing it on the, in the car on the way to church. Not only does that wrap your mind, again, around going to worship together and what we'll be doing, but it also is worship in and of itself. And then the third thing I would say is, okay, what if you have even a little bit more time, say 20 to 30 minutes? Uh, read scripture. Um, one of the things I was challenged by, um, I'll, I'll admit we haven't started this yet, but I'm, I'm considering it, is to start putting next week's passage into the bulletin so that you could read ahead. Even if it's just Sunday morning before, you can read it. And so when you come into the service, it's not just hitting you cold. Um, obviously, I preach almost always consecutively through the Bible. You can usually guess what I'm doing next. But Let's say you don't know, though. Okay, read last week's passage. Pray over that. Ask the Lord to work that into your heart so that as you show up and we go into the next passage, you would be ready to learn and to grow. Right? Simple things, and yet they prepare us well. Dave, during the Sunday service, I mean, there's a lot we could say. Um, might save that for another time, but is there is there one thing that you would say is especially crucial for having this time being, um, well, as the author of Hebrews said, being that time of stirring one another up towards good works? Sing with the congregation. Raise your voice in praise to your king together. That is an act of love and encouragement to those around you, and it glorifies your king. Amen. And I don't care what it sounds like. 
Amen. Right? That's part of why we worship together is we sing together. And you want to do a nice Bible study, you're going to find that this is normal for the people of God. Um, this sort of gathered worship, uh, if you look, especially the early chapters in Acts, you're going to find that the people are gathering, they are opening the word, they are, frankly, they're even fellowshipping and sharing food together, right? This sort of communal life, I don't mean that in some weird political way, but this sort of life together is what we're, what we're called to. And part of how we do that is we raise our voices unified together in praise. All right, fifth and finally then, Dave, church is over. Uh, between between that, that final benediction and when folks get home and do whatever on Sunday and turn out the lights Sunday night, do you have anything where you'd say, ah, hey, don't, don't forget this? What would you say? One of the main parts of our gathering together to worship is hearing the sermon. So I would spend some time on Sunday afternoon or in the evening rereading the passage and then reconsidering the main message of the sermon and asking yourself, um, not just what should I know, but how should this impact the way I live? How do I apply it? And that can be the hardest part. Application is sometimes very, very obvious and hard, and sometimes application can be a challenge to figure out how to apply. But regardless, uh, look for a point of application for you to put the message that you heard from the Lord delivered through our, our pastor or whoever's preaching that day, uh, and look for ways to apply it. Just as a, a daily reminder, just build it into the way you live your Sunday. That's great. You know, and I would end with um, sometimes Sunday, I try to do it before I even leave. So while I'm still at the church, find someone to encourage. You know, it, all the better if it's not someone you normally rub shoulders with, but find someone, say hi to them. Ask how you can be praying for them this week. If there was a particular thing from the sermon that encouraged you, share it with them. If, um, you know, if there's something from the sermon that, that could bless them, you know, some way to, to, to serve or, or, or care, great. Find someone that very day. Make it a priority before you leave the church. Make that your mission to apply something from the sermon. Um, I think that will really help set the tone well. Now, let me, you know, one of the things, Dave, I'm really trying to do here in 2023 is keep things concise and simple. So here we go. I'm going to see if in one minute or less, I can summarize what we've said. You think I can do that? Yes, I do. Go All right. It. So Monday through Friday, one of the primary points is you need to make you, meaning all of us, uh, worship a part of your life. Get in the Word. Pray. Meet with other believers. Find some way to do it so that it's not just a Sunday morning thing. When you come to Saturday night, prepare well. Whether that's going to bed early, getting clothes out, laying your Bible out, 
um, you know, planning whatever for breakfast, do it well, because then that will set you up well on Sunday. This is especially crucial if you have children in the home. Uh, Sunday morning, when you wake up, make some time um, so that this is not just such a hassled hurry, we got to get out the door sort of thing. Leave some margin, and in that margin, pray. Uh, sing a song, read the sermon passage. You know, hey, all three of those are great. If you can only do one of them, that's fine. But that will be incredibly helpful. Uh, during the service itself, uh, sing, right? I know that that might sound obvious, but it's not, especially in our performance culture where we're used to watching. No, sing. You are a participant in this service. That's part of why being together matters. And then before you leave and before Sunday ends, um, re-read the passage, or, or maybe if you're a sermon note taker, read through your notes one more time, pray over them, find someone to apply this to. I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, but in a way that encourages, in a way that builds up. That's how you prepare well for Sunday. Thank you for listening to Crosstalk, following Jesus together.